Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Garden State of Hockey fans, and most importantly, Devils fans, if you're new here and not a fan of the podcast yet. See what I did there? My name Mm. is Dan Roselle, and I'm joined, as always, by runner of the site All About the Jersey, the man himself, John Fisher. How's that intro, John? That was a very good intro. It was very warm on a very, very cold day in New Jersey. Yeah, we're seeing uh, some... Some cold, cold temperatures here, the likes of which we haven't seen since basically 2019 in New Jersey. Um, So as things start to cool off, you'd expect there to be more hockey being played, but that's not the case for the New Jersey Devils, as they've had several contests canceled because of their own COVID outbreak, the crowd situation in Canada, um, some other teams outbreak, any combination of reasons. And looks like it's still cascading its way uh, through the New Jersey Devils as they continue to take people on and off the protocol list and what the end result of that has been basically was a lot of games where the Devils saw some players that they never would have expected to see this year in a devil's uniform and so they had a lot of especially wingers for this last um, stretch of games missing so let's talk about the games that we missed in between um, you know the night we recorded when they beat the Washington Capitals and tonight where we're recording this on Tuesday, they were supposed to play against Tampa Bay yesterday, and they're supposed to play against the Islanders on Thursday. Mm. Yes. And that game against Tampa Bay was postponed due to the COVID protocol uh, allotments for New Jersey, which we'll get to when we get to there um, Mm -hmm. in a little bit. And Thursday's game is definitely in doubt. um, And we'll get there when we get there, because first we need to talk about what happened last week in Boston. Mm -hmm. So Dan, did you know that the Boston Bruins have a heap of games in hand on virtually everybody in the East, except for the New York Islanders? Oh yes. I was well aware. Yes. And so this meant that if the devils had any faint shot at a wild card spot, this game was important. Unfortunately, the devils did not bring their a game to it. They put in a good effort, but mm-hmm. Mackenzie Blackwood um, had himself a rough night in the net, giving up some, Bad goals combined with the fact that, you know, Boston is not a team that you let hanging around. And they did just that. And um, ultimately, David Pasternak styled and profiled all over Blackwood, Ty Smith, and Christian Jaros, mm-hmm. of all players, uh, for the game winner in what was ultimately a 5 3 uh, defeat for our favorite team. And that Jaros, um, you know, born out of necessity because of the Dougie Hamilton situation, other puck to the face injury stint. Uh, mm-hmm. can't believe the devils have another one of those this year to an important player. And in fact, if you want to say one, 
They took four pucks to the face basically since we recorded last week. I don't even know how this team has this kind of luck, but I I do want to say, you know, for this slate of games, Earlier in the season, we were talking about, well, okay, they went out there and just looked completely flat. They gave zero effort. There's nothing they mm-hmm. can do. There's no heart there. I would say that even though this stretch of games included some losses, I'm not particularly upset at how they you know, performed in any of those. I'm upset at certain moments in those losses, but right. overall, I think the Devils have really, you know, they've really stopped putting up those weekly, just absolute clunkers. They, they've really stopped putting up those games where you're not even sure why they're in the building, as opposed to losing close ones that, yeah, they make mental mistakes. They'll do that. They're the youngest team in the NHL, and they still have obvious system and structure issues, but at least, at least it looks like they belong, you know, in the rink. Yeah, definitely. In that Boston game, just to provide further coverage, Dougie Hamilton, uh, was announced that mo- afternoon of being out indefinitely with a broken jaw that required surgery. Nico Heischer was out with a lower body injury. Remember, he scored the game winner in overtime in Washington, so he played with a lot of pain. Uh, we learned that Jonathan Bernier was going to be out for the rest of the season with his hip surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yegor Sharangovich and Pavel Zaka entered the COVID protocol. Um so the Devils were definitely, in a sense, shorthanded, and they needed to rely on Blackwood. Unfortunately, he had a very poor game, but you got a breakaway goal from Nathan Bastion. You got a goal from Thomas Tatar. You got a breakaway goal out of the penalty box from Damon Severson. And it was 3-3 three to three in the third period against a good Boston team where if Blackwood played closer to his potential, maybe the Devils would have been leading or maybe mm-hmm. it would have stayed tied. Unfortunately, um, as, as mentioned, Pasternak styled and profiled over Jaros losing his stick, Smith getting completely lost in coverage. And while Blackwood made the first save, he wasn't going to get his own rebound, which Pasternak just went top shelf on mm-hmm. for the ultimate game winner. And yeah. you're absolutely right, Dan. The performance there was um, good. Oh, the game also had a very bizarre goal. Oh, okay. So this was, uh, of course, it was a first NHL goal. That only makes sense because it was against the New Jersey Devils. And that's what they're you know famous for giving up, at least in our eyes. I know every team feels this way, but truly, right. truly, truly the Devils this have one given was up special. This an one insane amount special. of first overall goals. And this one was special because it landed on top of the net and it was swatted at from inside the net and hit above and bopped off of Blackwood into the goal. I don't even yeah. blame him for that one. You can't. It's you literally can't. a fluke. They it's actually a freak had to goal. You had to look, they had to look at the rules and, and conclude that, yeah, the stick never went over the bar and the puck did not stay on top of the net for the allotted three seconds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's live, pal. Uh, I got to think they're going to change the rule on that. I think if the ref says, yeah, the puck's on top of the net, it's you know out of play, yeah. uh, which I think would be appropriate. But that's Oscar Steen's first goal as an NHL player. And it actually broke the tie at two mm-hmm. one. It came, you know, thirty seconds after Bastion's uh, breakaway goal. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. But you're absolutely right, Dan. To your larger point, that the Devils did not um, acquit themselves badly here. They didn't just show up to Boston and just get rolled around for sixty minutes. Like they mm-hmm. put in a good effort. And had the Devils dragged that game into overtime, and even if they lost in overtime or in the dreaded shootout, you would have sat there going, you know what, I'm okay with this result. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, especially given no Heischer, no Hamilton, no Sharon Govich, no Zaka. Now, moving onward to Thursday's game, Heischer would make a comeback, which is good, because mm-hmm. it was feared that his lower body injury was a broken foot, but obviously not since he played on Thursday. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> There were some more uh, losses uh, due to COVID for that game. How about almost every winger? 
<laughs> well, it wasn't that far yet gone yet. Oh, but, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> but you did lose Andreas Janssen. Yep. You lost Janssen, and um, oh, who was the other guy who couldn't play in this game? Was that Severson also, or no? No, Severson was announced after the second Columbus game. Okay. Yeah, was there there everybody? There were a lot of Johnson and Brett. It was Johnson and Brett. No, Brett was a was was for Saturday's game, the second game. Of also Saturday. Oh God, they were all at once, huh? It, it it really it really was a week of uh you know every day is a new name almost. Ugh. But anyway, but prior to the first game on Thursday night in New Jersey against Columbus, the dreaded Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, was it maybe Quackenden or no? No, Quackenden did play to to for a definition of the word play uh, yes. on Thursday, on Thursday night, um, you did get to see Nolan Foote's debut this season. He was there. He didn't play very much. He didn't do very much, um, but he, he sure returned and had himself a great game. Bastion had a great game on he sure's wing. Uh, but that night was definitely the Jack Hughes and the Jesper Bratt show. And to a degree, the Thomas Tatar uh, show as well as both of those, all those three players I just mentioned had at least two points in the game. You had a rare power play goal from the devils uh, featuring, you know, just Jack Hughes just gaining the zone and tossing it back to uh, uh, brought for the one timer goal Tatar scoring first off a faceoff win uh, Blackwood, you know, you could be argued. He let up another bad goal because he should have caught a puck and said it dropped and Max Domi was free to collect the rebound because PK Subban gave up on the play. Um, I wasn't happy with Subban on that play, but Blackwood did acquit himself afterwards and stop the remaining um 31 shots in the game for only one goal allowed which was great for blackwood's confidence and most importantly you know the devil sealed off a w against a team that has had this team's number for years and years and years and won comfortably three to one yeah it was probably their least controversial game against the blue jackets in a very very not controversial but less uh i, I want to what word am i looking for here least uh uh it was least tense i, I think tension is the word, I, word you're i'm looking, looking for. for something like it's something like tense but you know what i mean it's, it's one of those games where it's columbus just, anxiety sure columbus yeah. is just one of those teams that um it, no matter what they look like no matter what the devils look like they just have the devil's number they've had it for yeah. a very long time for some reason and every time they play against this team i dread the result and yet this was one of the easiest no frills games they've played against them ever. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Columbus definitely put in a good effort themselves. They did put 32 shots on net, you know, after Tatar's goal, the devils basically, you know, stopped playing offense for that for a long time, which allowed Columbus to help get back into the game. And given Blackwood's recent struggles and uh, the team's struggles against Columbus in general, you figure, Oh no, this is where things are going to start going pear shaped, but they didn't. Blackwood made a series of great saves on a penalty kill to close out the first period and the Devils just they just held they just hung with Columbus for the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. it was a good effort, good win, and uh, very nice to see. And then we got more COVID problems, Dan. This is this is where, oh my goodness! Uh, before well, for this some game, reason, for some reason, I just want to say that games have been canceled for a lot less. And I think that yeah. the way that they've covered that, basically, the NHL said, "Well, there's all these factors that you don't know about," and there which are. Yeah. I would love to see them then. I would right. love to know why the Devils were missing at least six of their, what, not, uh, eight starting wingers from opening night. Um, they, they had almost no taxi squad, completely depleted on defense as well. And now right. they actually have no goalies, so they've canceled some of their games. But why did it take all of that 
when some other teams get games canceled for three players in protocol, for five players in protocol, the Devils had what, eight, nine? Well, for the Saturday game on on Columbus, they had, I think, up to seven. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so let's let's take a step back here, right? So they go into Boston without Sharon Govich and Zaka, right? They're on COVID, so that's two. Then they add Janssen or Johnson, I should say. I always mix up the soft J and hard J. I apologize to the Johnson fans out there. Uh-huh. He's number three. And then prior to this game, you don't have, uh, goodness, I'm trying to remember exactly. You don't have Bastion. He was, a, and Brat was a late scratch for that one too. Yep. Um, you know, his, his was one of those, like literally a couple hours before the game. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was another devil who couldn't perform that night. Um, because they did bring in AJ Greer uh, for this one. This was his Devils debut uh, mm-hmm. for this at least, and they obviously brought Student Each back into the lineup. So they definitely had those guys in, and uh, they had Colton White on the taxi squad. So due to the due to the loss of wingers, the Devils ultimately played with eleven forwards and seven defensemen. And I think the the idea was: look, you're already in Ohio. You have twenty. You have twenty players to play with. You have twenty. You have eighteen skaters, and you have two goalies. Mm-hmm play your game and understandably so they did play their game and again the devils played a really good game in columbus with despite the fact that you know they have a whole bunch of utica players you know lined up at the wing on almost every line and in addition to another game of christian jaros and colton white being in the lineup which is also not good since let me put it plainly here white and jaros are not good hockey players at this level on top of Ty Smith's own struggles this season. And that's been one of the toughest parts to contend with is that you would think that if he wasn't struggling as much, they wouldn't have to give all these bigger minutes to players that are not equipped to take them. Right. I mean, to be fair, guys like Severson and Siegenthaler have definitely stepped, I don't want to say stepped up. Well, Siegenthaler. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've handled their business very well. And even Mm -hmm. Subban and Graves have also done a fairly good job despite you know my complaints here and there about certain plays yeah um i'll say that this game in columbus on saturday was closer to what we typically see in a devil's columbus game where just some weird things happen and some bad breaks happen mm-hmm. um, you know you had boone jenner getting a goal off of jack hughes skate yep um you get an early power play goal to devil's killer oliver borkstrand um Ugh. and then you know, i hate that guy he scores yeah. every time <laughs> right. And Ty Smith, well, he did it on Thursday, thankfully. Oh, uh, yeah. But Thursday, Thursday, uh, Ty Smith, he gets, he completely misplays a dump in and then takes the long way around the net. And lo and behold, this led to an easy goal for Yegor Shchinikov in front of the net. You mm. got, you got the people who matter complaining about Blackwood putting up a stinker. And I'm looking at everybody going, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just looking at the XGA of like, oh, Columbus should have only scored twice and he let in four goals. Like that's, that's not guys. You're, you're ignoring the limitations of the model here, especially on the game winning goal. And this was a heartbreaker because the devils did answer each of these goals. Like they, you know, you've got a late minute goal from, uh, from Jimmy VC. You got a Nico Heischer goal through traffic in the high slot to, you know, tie it up two two in this first period. You got a Marion student each surpriser. Uh, he just kind of jammed it in a scrum and everybody was like, Oh, he scored. Cool. Uh, yeah. So it's three to three, Dan. And you know, you're, you're looking pretty good. And then, the Devils win a face off in their own zone. Tatar loses the damn puck instead of completing the exit. Everybody on defense, everybody on the Devils just completely ignores Bjorkstrand handing out in the slot. Guess who finds them? Mm-hmm. The Columbus Blue Jackets. And then Bjorkstrand rips this 
top corner against the grain one timer that Blackwood just really didn't have much of a chance on. Again, you got one, you know, you got some haters and losers of which there are many, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, complaining that all oh, that extra that shot should have been saved. That that was not a good we have to stop talking about good goals and bad goals. No, that was an excellent goal for Bjorkstrand. Yep. That's gonna beat like 99% of goaltenders. And yeah. I'm more mad at Tatar and the devil's defensive zone play because they just assumed the exit was gonna happen instead of going, huh. This man who lined up at wing in the slot is still there. And we should do something about it. I just want to say, guys, hockey is a game where, yes, team has to make mistakes to allow the puck to go into their own net. But sometimes, sometimes the other team just makes a really good play. And that happens. Yeah. And that'll always happen. And that was one of them. That was and that's a okay. Shot. It happens yeah. every game. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was the game time. I'm sorry, the game breaking goal. And, and poor devils because Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer had some bangers, but Junus Corpusalo absolutely robbed them. He robbed Mercer of a goal in the third period. Like Corpusalo really, you know, turned it, turned it on after giving up that uh, potentially stinky goal to student each uh, with some really surprising saves. And, um, you know, this was one of those games where if the devils were in a playoff position, you just go, eh, it wasn't your night. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's Columbus. The Devils kind of need wins to stay somewhat relevant. And this win would have been nice because it would have kept them in fifth place in the division. But instead, they lose 4-3 in regulation. They slip back down to seventh due to tiebreakers. And, you know, that's the last game for the foreseeable future. Because right. after this one, Dan, this is where um, Severson and Quackenden get added to the COVID protocol list. Ah. So they're out. Here's then, the Devils in protocol as of three hours ago. I just came across this. Yes. Quackenin, Brat, Severson, Bastion, Geertsen, Hamilton, Janssen, ah. Zaka, Sharon Govich, Schmid, and Blackwood's test is inconclusive. This was three hours ago. Yeah. I forgot about Geertsen earlier. That was the other guy I couldn't remember before the first Columbus game. I do game not blame you. But anyways, but yes, that's, and even though today, Sharon Govich, uh, Johnson and Zaka all returned to play mm-hmm. because of the additions of Quacken and Severson to the list, then the Devils suddenly become below 18 skaters. And I think that's what triggered the, the NHL to say, okay, we'll postpone Monday's game against Tampa Bay, which was going to be a difficult game, even for a full strength Devils lineup, mm-hmm. much less a shorthanded one. Uh, but now today they practice today. And as even though the devil's got three of these winger, uh, three of these forwards back, the fact that Schmid is on the protocol and Mackenzie Blackwood is inconclusive. So he could be added next. You have to also consider that Nico Dawes in Utica is injured right now. So the only NHL eligible goaltender on the devils right now that could potentially play is John Gillis. They don't even have a backup, Dan. Oh, and if God. they don't have a backup, you can almost pretty much guarantee that Thursday's game against the Islanders isn't going to happen uh, until the Devils get some goalies back. And even so, even if the De- even if Blackwood is good to go, the Islanders have their own COVID problems as Ryan Pulak and Barry Trotz for the second time has been added to the protocol list on their end. Oh. So, you know, it, it's enough to be frustrated. It's enough to be, you know, baffled at like there's definitely a sense an increasing sense of why are we even doing this mm-hmm. but the reality is is that you know it just feels uh, like we're gonna still do this you know what i mean this is the uh why are we doing this well because it's already happening and now we might as well finish it. yeah That's you're already you're like. already 36 games into the season uh yeah. for the devils like you can't just cut it shorter pretend these games don't happen um the devils thankfully have lost only two home games two games of a home revenue loss but other teams for example, originally the Devils were going to be in Montreal on Saturday and Toronto next Monday, but they literally postponed those games because of the cap, the attendance caps in Canada, meaning that both Montreal and Toronto lose out, 
you know, two to three million dollars per game. Uh, to which the NHL and the team are saying that makes no sense. Why are we going to open up the building for no money? However, if things persist, then they might have to anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, it, I, I don't envy Bill Daly or Gary Bettman or any of the NHL uh, front offices as much as I share your frustration that, yeah, it would be nice that they set some hard limits and hard rules of or what gets a postponement and what doesn't. The harsh reality is, is that there's other, there really are multiple factors involved in terms of what, what games happen, what games don't happen. And given this different, um, the constantly changing rules from city to state to country, um, unfortunately, there's not going to be a set, a set, uh, a, a hard and fast set of rules, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that's so what I we're contending what I, with. And the thing is that everyone's contending with it, right? Last year, it yeah, felt like the Devils is. in particular had a giant outbreak and it was localized to a few teams here and there. The Devils come to mind, the Flyers come to mind, the Sabres. Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of outbreaks happening now. It looks like it's all over the place happening constantly. Um, oh, certainly. And, and the blessing of it all is that we know that these players are most likely going to be just fine. However, oh, yeah. there are potential, you know, it's still something that's not guaranteed. And we know that there's some players that experienced harsher side effects than others. So you have to think about not only are they going to be added to the COVID protocol list here and there, but they also have to work their way back up to game speed. This is something that takes a lot out of you. And we know for a fact that the league is uh, almost entirely vaccinated. Um, it Bertuzzi. is. Bertuzzi isn't, is he? No, but that's one player out of 600. I mean, right. So we know the league is almost entirely vaccinated. Fine. Fair. <laughs> the statement holds, but that being said, again, that's the reason why I'm pretty confident that they will not be, you know, horribly sick with the need for hospitalization, not like last year where the Canucks were telling horror stories about their bouts with COVID, but it's still a matter of these people being professional athletes. Sickness Mm -hmm. takes a lot out of you, no matter how mild it is, you have to work your way back to it. So just because they come off protocol, there's a bit of a lag time in how effective those players are too, in a lot of cases. Certainly. And not just, not just with sickness, but also injury. I know some fans tend to cope for lack of a better word, with these uh, delays and postponements by saying, well, the team will get healthier. And, and, and it's true. Every team has bumps and bruises. Everybody, you know, I don't think there's a team in the league that would say no to a day off if, if offered to them, you know, just to uh-huh. get that extra bit of rest for the reasons that you mentioned, like the game takes a lot out of you. Practices take a lot out of you. And this is a sport where, you know, some random event like it's blocking a shot or taking a hit just the wrong way, you know, can, can really uh, mess you up real bad. So, you know, getting some extra rest is always a plus in addition to, you know, getting up to speed because you can't just like flip a switch and go, okay, we're going to play, you know, I can play 82 games right away. You got to work yourself up to that. Mm -hmm. But I'm using this as a segue because we got some updates, an update rather about a player we have not mentioned for months. Oh, yes, he is indeed alive and well. Well, not well, but he's alive and he's recovering from a surgery two months ago. His name is Miles Wood. Uh, he is very missed on that fourth line or even the third line in some situations compared to <laughs> yeah. what they have there now. True. Uh, let's not forget that this is a team that is routinely trotting out Mason Geertsen when he's not in COVID protocol. So, John, yeah, you can give me the true. nail you want, but his existence there is only there because Miles Wood is not healthy enough to play. This is this is unfortunately a fair point. I, I and not higher, only that. I, I have higher opinion of Wood than just being better than Mason Geertsen. And they but. fill the same role. <laughs> but Miles Wood does it better because he actually does hockey things. Yes. It, so it's there remarkable. you go. 
Fair. Anyway, Miles Wood is uh, about to start his on-ice rehab. The surgery was two months ago. They've got a long way to go, according to Lindy Ruff. It, he still says months. Uh, the likelihood is that Miles Wood will not play this season still, but it's good that he's at least back on the ice. It, I know it's a it feels like a locker room presence that the team misses and something that the Devils miss having. They, they miss his speed in a lot of cases now. He often would run around like a chicken with his head cut off, but at the very least, he was close to the puck. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. And, and occasionally he'll try on defense too. I will say this for Wood. Like he is definitely an upgrade over the Geertsons, the Studeniches, the Greers. Probably the Kalkinen uh, at this point. The, well, that, that's, at this that's, point, why not? At this point, yeah, I was about to say that that's more of an indictment of Kwakinen than it is a praise of sure. Wood. But that uh, doesn't, but, that would be a, you know, definite upgrade. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also important for Wood because Wood is a pending free agent. He's a restricted mm. free agent at the end of this uh, season. So he picked like, I don't want to say he picked the worst season to have one of the worst injuries of his career, but this is literally the worst season to have this type of injury because, you know, whereas Zaka and Brat, especially Brat, you know, have put themselves in positions to get paid real well this summer. Wood is a complete question mark. And this is his last year of being an RFA as well. So, you know, it's an open question of, you know, do you just take a one year if just to say, okay, show me what you got and we'll try to take care of you before you hit UFA mm-hmm. or does his agent and would feel eh, I can hit the open market and make a lot more money. So I'll just do the barest minimum and then hit up the open market when I'm hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. But I think it's important for Woody if he can get into it, at least a handful of games just to show what he is able to do. So if only Wood and, and the devils aren't going to the negotiations this summer, with a complete question mark over, okay, what are you going to be right now? Especially since this injury is significant enough that he's not, he may be skating, but if he's not coming back for months, Mm -hmm. uh, this is not some, you know, little injury that's probably going to go, you know, he'll just come back from it and he'll be fine. Like there's an open question over, you know, what type of miles wood are we going to get? What if let's say the speed isn't there? What is what miles wood at that point? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong about that one. Remember, it's a hip injury that completely derailed. It's a different situation because he's a goaltender. There's a lot more lateral movement involved, but oh, certainly. we we saw a hip um, injury completely derail Corey Schneider's career. We saw hip injuries and Roberto Luongo's career. We saw, I mean, mm-hmm. those are, again, both goaltenders, but clearly not easy injuries to recover from. No. And Miles Wood has to do way more skating than the goalies do. It may not be contained to within the same area. And as laterally, but he has to turn a lot more. He, he also to, gets hit a lot more. Too. He gets hit a lot more. His game is predicated upon, like you said, being fast. If he is no longer fast, what is his game? Well, that's for him to find out and for us to find out when we see him on the ice again. Whether or not it's in Devil's uniform remains to be seen. But I think that after rehabbing him the whole time, I think the Devils will at least invest a little bit more into him. That's just my gauge of the situation yeah i mean he is an rfa so it's not like the devils are going to just not qualify him and say see you later like yeah. you know he's not some ahl guy that they'll just go eh you have no future in this organization let's you know good luck somewhere else mm-hmm. um no he'll definitely get a contract and, and play for new jersey next season mm-hmm. uh again the big question is going to be because he's on the same type of contract that zaka and brat last signed where it's sort of a sort of a bridge deal i mean would okay, his, his deal was four years, but it was less than 3 million per season. So there was an open, and he got this big bump in base salary just for this season mm-hmm. uh, at 3.5 million compared to 2.5 in the prior three. So there was definitely a sense of, I think the team was expecting this fourth year uh, of his current contract to basically show, okay, Wood, you're 26 now, 
give us your give us what you got because this we're expecting good things from you now um and how this season would go prior to the injury of course was going to predicate on whether or not the devils invest more money Mm -hmm. or whether the devils need to really consider their other options but again the injury throws that completely out the window Mm -hmm. and as i said earlier whereas brat has put himself in a position to get paid real well and zaka has got to put himself in a position to well get another contract mm-hmm. wood wood is just a total question mark at this point so uh all the best to wood i hope he his rehabbing on the ice goes well i hope he doesn't have any further setbacks and i hope he's able to at least get some games in april um even if the team has not much to play for at the very least for wood it the games will mean something for him mm-hmm. yeah and that, we're, we're hoping that they mean something for the devils as well because again it's clear that he has a strong presence i won't say voice in terms of navigating the 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 team through things but i'll say his presence is definitely felt by the players in that room they've said as much in interviews about it so well well, he's got an a dan he's got an assistant he sure does uh so hopefully he gets back um soon and he gets back healthy that's most important so as we await news for the devils in terms of the games that they will or won't be playing we'll obviously um, you know, have podcasts recorded as as we need to to follow up with games. But if there are no games, if there, it looks like there might be an extended absence, we might fill the time some other way. We, uh, we've had tried and true strategies for that, so we're not afraid to use one of those as well. For Certainly. now, we can revel in the fact that the Devils are playing markedly better hockey since the holiday break. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. The games have at least been much more competitive. And had the Devils played like this throughout December, they probably would have won more than three games. Yep. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm of the opinion that the Devil season is effectively, you know, you're playing now the string at this point, which is a little, it's a little depressing <laughs> to say that yet again for another season. But I mean, again, you're three, eight and one. And, you know, as of this recording, you know, the Devils are literally, literally have four teams in front of them for that uh, second wildcard spot, including Columbus and Boston who have at least three games in hand on the devils as of this recording, Mm -hmm. not to mention the Islanders who have only played 28 games this season between all of their COVID uh, postponements Mm -hmm. uh, and have a heap of home games of their own to play because they play, they started their entire season on the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, the devils are, the devils are at the very least better than the Buffaloes and the Mm -hmm. Ottawa's and the Montreal's of the, of the, of the league. But um, you know, any any hope for a wild card spot at this point is really faint. Yeah. But but if they can play more like they did in this past week, pick up some W's, score some sweet goals, put in good efforts, I think people will be a lot more appreciative and a lot less um, angry with the organization because there was a lot of anger in December. I had it, you had it, we had a whole episode of grievances. Um, uh, so far, people are not as grieving full. Uh, given the situation and given the results. Cause again, they did beat Washington. They did get a win over Columbus. They, they did fairly well as they could in Boston and in Columbus and in their next coming games, which is going to be a real trial because assuming this Thursday game happens after this, they get Arizona at home on the 19th then they get Carolina and LA at home back to back that weekend. And then you get Dallas at Tampa Bay at Carolina, which is a hefty, run of uh games to end your month before we go into this february of oh there's gonna be so many games that have to be announced still 
well there's there's okay so going into the season we set some expectations and we said everything had to kind of break right for the devils to compete for that wild card spot guess right. what it did not jack no, Hughes dislocated his shoulder in the second game of the season guys the devils signed a veteran backup to again have him not play that season basically this is something that was you know these results all of these are working against the devils getting that wild card, which was to be their peak potential folks. Remember we talked about this peak potential is that wild card spot. If everything worked right and it sure didn't. So let's forget about the wild card implications. Let's see how they grow. Let's see how much better they can get. And let's see if those players that need to take the next step, continue to take that next step. The dream would have been to have this exact season happen last year so that this year they could be more on their way. But this year, it feels a little bit more cohesive in terms of the players improving that need to improve the most. Or it feels like the players that are supposed to be in charge of the team for the next seven, eight years are definitely the ones asserting themselves as that. Certainly. And that's what we want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and we've already seen that. I mean, I know, you know, Dougie Hamilton is out right now with, you know, a broken jaw, but he was the team's best defenseman um, prior to, you know, that. Siegenthaler has shown to be well worth the pickup. Heischer and Hughes have been playing really well when they've been able to play over the past six games or so. And you're getting result. You're getting huge results at a brat. You're starting to get some more production at Tatar. You know, you're, you found money in Dawson Mercer. So, you know, those are guys that you can sit there and pencil in going, okay, these are guys to keep around for the future. And then you can start making decisions on the rest of your lineup as we go forward. And we will have plenty of this time to discuss that. Um, as the season continues and as the off season ever gets closer in a warmer, warmer time. But for now we just sit here and wonder, will we have a game on Thursday? If Blackwood is positive, I'm going to bet on no. <laughs> and if you're wondering whether or not Evander Kane will be a devil, please stop. No, no, <laughs> just no, stop. no, that thought no. is so beyond the pale in any which way. And <laughs> there will be a GM that beats anyone to him. And that GM's name, Looks like it's already beaten everyone to him. That's Ken Holland. You yeah. cannot stand in his way to make yeah, a bad for, signing. So there for, it is. For those, for those of you who are wondering, what is Dan referring to? Uh, Ken Holland had a media availability today, and it was at a bizarre one since the big questions were, hey, your team is fading out of the wild card race really quickly for a team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And Holland made it clear that the problem's in the room. They just got to execute better. Man, where have I heard that one before, Dan? And then when somebody asked about Kane specifically, he said, Holland, quote, I believe in second chances. In other words, Holland and supposedly Kane's agent, Dan Milstein, uh, proclaims that there are three teams seriously interested in him. I don't know how this is going to work. Insider Tim Peel, a former NHL referee, says that it's going to be the Oilers already. Oh, even better. So we already have insiders saying, I don't know how this will actually work because, uh, for again, for those of you who are still catching up, Evander Kane got his contract terminated by San Jose for violating um, the COVID protocol. With the you, you pick your favorite reason. That's why. <laughs> right. But this one was the final straw. He violated yeah. the protocol with, you know, he, he, he did something he wasn't supposed to do that gave him cause to terminate the contract without, you know, mutual termination. The NHLPA has announced that they're going to grieve the situation, meaning they're going to challenge the NHL and San Jose over whether or not this was legitimate or not, which they should. As a union, this is exactly why you have a union. So you don't get pushed around like this. However, um, if San Jose's evidence is true, and I have, a, I have, I fully expect it to be, since this is not even the first 
COVID-related problem involving Evander Kane this year, um, I got to think they have the evidence um, ready to show that, uh, yeah, Kane broke the rules and that's why we can terminate his deal. And that's why he's a free agent. I can't imagine that the Oilers are going to be able to sign him before the grievance is handled, but I have no idea how quickly that'll be handled. Maybe it'll be handled within the next 24 hours. Maybe it'll take a week. Maybe it'll take a month. I don't know, Dan. I'm not the lawyer in this situation, but the PA and the, and the NHL, I guess, will sort that out quickly since I'm sure Ken Holland is already chomping at the bit to add Mr. Kane to the Oilers lineup in the hopes that uh, somehow Kane will make their 41-year-old goaltender play better. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But either way, uh, that's their problem, not ours. So for yeah. the fans of the New Jersey Devils, we don't have to worry about that. We can instead look ahead to the next game. And thank you all for joining us as usual. Now and forever and always, let's go Devils. Go Devils. See you next time. Go Devils.